2: And welcome to the 42Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Captain Marvel. But before we do that, I just wanted to mention a few things, obviously still catching up, thanks to Ben, on the various movies, as if the lockdown and the delays in the movies lasts much longer. I think Marvel's delayed Black Widow to November, it's very possible that I could catch up, which is exciting, because I'd like to be able to release these within a few weeks of the movie coming out, rather than a year later. So, that is what it is. Obviously, there have been some problems production-wise with this show um, as far as getting things out in a timely manner that we are currently addressing, although we are still recording episodes you know, as, as we go, but not at the same rate as we're putting them out so we're going in the right direction (laughs) but yeah besides that i mean things are going okay here my youngest has uh started learning to ride her bike without training wheels which i am really happy for because she was starting to outgrow my children are very very tall both my wife and i are kind of tall but it has surprised me how tall my children are at the ages that they are Sort of put it in perspective when my oldest was 10, she was five, six. So very tall. <laughs> But my youngest was actually outgrowing the largest bike that can take training wheels. And I was getting a little worried that she would not learn how to balance a bike properly before she outgrew the bike. But kind of in the nick of time, she's done that. So, you know, proud papa moment. Yay. And as far as geeky stuff goes, I'm doing the time streams podcast like I've mentioned before. Been reading uh, some actually some Doctor Who short story fiction and uh, watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Man in the High Castle, uh, we watched Godzilla movie the other day which is nice. Another show that uh, Beth and I have been watching that I don't think I've mentioned before is called Kage no Gundin. It's a Japanese show. I understand at least some seasons of it, maybe all of them were released in the United States under the name Shadow Warriors, but I never heard of it until I started watching it subtitled as Kage Nugunden. so that's a pretty good show, uh, it's got Sony Chiba in it, who uh, has done films over here, so you might be familiar with him, but uh, it's a fun show, and yeah, just good times. So anyway, not too much else to say, here is the podcast already in progress. You know her from a ton of different comic episodes that we've done, whether it's TV or movies. She is a cosplay extraordinaire. She is a lifelong geek, and that is my buddy Angie. How are you doing, Angie?
1: I'm good. I'm glad to be back.
2: And uh, and we're glad to have you. Hey. And uh, so what's been going on for you, Angie, since the last time you were on?
1: Um. Just kind of trekking along. Um, I actually went to my first con in a long time where I didn't cosplay. It was oh. a little weird, but it was just a little <laughs> local con. I found out it existed a week before it happened, so loaded up the kids and went down, and it was it was a cute little wizarding convention, and my kid had a blast, and I have videos of him going through the wardrobe to Nernia.
2: So. <laughs> That's cool.
1: Yeah, it was a good time.
2: Yeah. And um, and yeah, I think you already talked about going to uh, what is that place called in Salt Lake City? Oh,
1: Evermore. Yes. 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 Yeah, they're closed right now. I'm not sure when they open their their next. Their change. They change every season, so I'm not sure when they're reopening again. But we'll be heading down when it's warmer, warmer yeah. than 12
2: degrees. <laughs> oh, is it that cold there right now?
1: Oh no, we went over New Year's, and uh, yeah, we left when it hit about. 12 degrees
2: fahrenheit okay because we've just gotten out of those temperatures like like <laughs> in the last week so i was surprised if you guys were getting hit with stuff that cold
1: no we're sitting in the 50s i think we hit 50
2: today so i'm it's so multi- envious because <laughs> <laughs> i'm like it's warmer now but by that i mean it's in the high 30s so you know <laughs> we still have a ways to go
1: chug on to spring
2: <laughs> yeah. all right well it's good to have you back on angie thanks Uh, Next up is a voice that you haven't heard in a long time. He uh, is a guy that loves playing video games, talked about the arcade with him. He loves Spider-Man, and that is my buddy, Will. How are you doing, Will? I'm great, sir. How are you? All right. How are you? I Can't complain. Living life. (laughs) So what's been going on for you? It's been, I think we were talking before the show, it's been like a year since you've been on the show.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been way too long. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Um, no problem. life has been a, uh, bit of a roller coaster ride been on this, uh, an incredible, um, rediscovery of health and weight loss journey. So it's been, uh, a complete life changing experience so far and it's, uh, it's still going. So can't complain. Yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen the, what you little you've posted about it on Facebook
2: and you're looking good.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, Finally got to the point to where I, you know, decided I had enough, and you know, got some some major assistance with uh, with gastric sleeve surgery. Lost about 70% of my stomach, so that was a major kick that I needed for motivation. And uh, 145 pounds later, and I'm still going. And uh, it's been been a fantastic journey so far, and we'll see how much further I go. Oh wow, that's amazing, man. Yeah, thank you. Feel great. And so, have you had any time for geeky pursuits? Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, just got through recently seeing the new How to Train Your Dragon, which was outstanding. If you haven't seen that yet, Um, you know, watched Into the Spider Verse at least four or five times already. You know, just a fantastic piece of work. Um, Already confirmed for the old Dragon Con this year, and oh, good. Working on working on trying to nail down plans to get to Disney sometime because they've announced the galaxy's edge opening up Mm -hmm. and uh gotta go get my star wars on you know because oh my gosh it's gonna be awesome (laughs) yes
2: um so yeah yeah it's good that you're coming to dragon con this year because wasn't there a year you couldn't go
3: yeah yeah work was being a bit of a pain um not last year but year before 2017 and uh so i was able to go last year but uh The work environment got a bit better. The people I'm working with at this store now compared to the other store uh, are a bit more, um, I guess, geek-friendly, you know, with with, uh, the pursuits of the geekdom as it pertains to Dragon Con, so they're allowing me to have uh, the time off to go, so... I already got plans and got reservations and all that fun stuff so yeah i'll be making it again this year so great
2: yeah cuz uh i think yeah last time you were on we were both like complaining about how we weren't able to go to dragon con that year and uh this year we're both able to go because i'm going too so
3: hey all right outstanding yeah you get you get into a rhythm you get into a routine of going and then when you can't go, man, it's like it's like a piece of your soul is missing. You gotta get it back. <laughs> you've got you've gotta go and get yourself, you know, fulfilled and get your geek quota on for the year, you know. I know it just it's like happen. that.
2: Because it's like, yeah, now that I've been to DragonCon, it's like you know no other con really like you know can do it anymore you know so uh, it's no. like so it's like la- how do
3: you compare <laughs> right
2: so yeah for the last 4 years i've been like i've got to figure it out i got to make you know i've got to balance the books and, and get the money saved up so that i can uh i can go to dragon con so this year we're right. able to you, do it
3: you start to get the itch you start to get the you know some going through withdrawal twings and pangs you know you you got to satisfy that urge man Exactly.
2: It's the most fun con that I've been I've been to a lot of cons and and I've never had the kind of experience at Dragon Con. Oh yeah, 100%. It's a 4-day
3: party, man. It's awesome.
2: All right. Well, it's good to have you back on, Will. Thanks, sir. And uh next up, uh he is um a fan of Doctor Who. You can hear him on his podcast, The Watch of Rassilon, and that is my buddy Joe. How are you doing, Joe?
4: I am doing okay.
2: OK, Ish. <laughs> that was uh, that was an interesting uh, reply there. You sounded like um, one of the robots of death or something.
4: <laughs> uh, I feel like a robot of death. <laughs> so what's been going on for you, Joe? Oh, boy. Everything has been going on for me. Um, well, let's see. I am in the process of buying a new house, which is fun.
2: Yeah, congratulations.
4: Uh, fun, but Stressful. Your first house, right? Yes, my first house. We're moving out of an apartment um, into a house that has rooms.
2: Right. So I was in this situation six years ago, uh, seven years ago. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and so that was stressful.
4: And so to take a bit of a break from that, uh, Tony and I went to go see uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me live to just sort of chill out. And yeah. Um, while we were in Birmingham going to go see them, uh, we had our car stolen at gunpoint. So that threw some extra stress on top of
2: things. Having had my car stolen the last few months, I, I understand that pain, too. So we,
4: But we finally, we got a new car yesterday. We're getting the house Friday. Um, Tony's, Tony's my wife, uh, she's co-created a TV show that is, um, airing now, and so we're all. I'm helping her edit that too at work. Um, so that's that's going on. So that's also stressful but fun. So a lot of stressful but good things, except for the you know stolen car. Right. <laughs> Everything else has been good. New house, new car. I'm getting a new phone, and a new TV show. So that's that's good. Her show is uh, called the uh, the Unseen World. Now we're going around and uh, filming. Uh, interesting stories at like roadside attractions and stuff like that like Rock City uh, Howard Finster's Paradise Garden uh, the Superman Museum stuff like that
2: mm-hmm no, that's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, the story, the thing that, because uh, I saw on Facebook when your car was stolen, you guys were posting about it, but then when I heard the your podcast episode where you guys talked about it, and you talked about how Tony got in the car with the thief and was like, this is my car. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. I can't believe she had the guts to do that.
4: Yeah, we've been saying it's like uh, both the stupidest thing and the most badass thing, so. <laughs>
2: right. Well, I'm glad she made it out of that okay. Me too. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, the good thing, though, is that most of the things that are going on for you right now are not, uh, are not bad. They're just things that take up time and get, you know, a little stressful.
4: Oh, yeah, and I also just turned 30. I forgot oh. about that entirely.
2: <laughs> there you go. You've hit a milestone.
4: Too many things are happening, right, all
2: at once. <laughs> yeah, um... I'll I'll always remember when I turned 27 of all weird ages, my wife is like, you know, 27 just sounds like so much bigger than 26. It's like, thanks, (laughs) hon. She's like, you sound so much older. Great. (laughs) I keep joking that, uh... I'm, I'm 30
4: and I'm, I'm married to a 20 something year <laughs> old because she's 29. so
2: right.
4: I'm her elder now.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. For how many months? Till May. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, well, it's good to have you back on Joe. Good to be back. And finally, rounding out our cast, uh, you know her as our resident uh, Super Trekkie. She is also a cosplay extraordinaire, and that is my buddy Stephanie. How are you doing, Stephanie?
0: Hello. I'm doing all right, thanks.
2: That's good. And so uh, what's been going on for you in the like week since the last time you were on the show?
0: Um. Well, I realized how long it's been since you published a podcast <laughs> with me on it.
2: You're not supposed to talk about that on the show.
0: Well, I always harass you about it, but today I actually looked.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to edit faster. Do, do you want to help me edit?
0: I have a buddy who said 10 bucks an hour, he'll do it for
2: you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Just have all the money that I got lying around here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, if you want to edit for free, I am okay with giving you some audio files.
0: Mm, I don't think I even have editing file <laughs> software. Oh, stuff.
2: oh, there are free ones out there. <laughs> I didn't spend any money. What are you thinking?
0: <laughs> you know, honestly, after I I made that revelation earlier, I half joked with uh with Tim that I should just secretly record and then um edit them myself and send them to you
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey you know on some shows that i've been on people do that just not I mean, not to like do it secretly but sometimes other people will record also just in case like the sound file gets corrupted or whatever so i mean it's not a bad idea
0: or if the host forgets to hit record or if no, the host like forgets eight. to hit
2: record right <laughs> exactly so yeah yeah <laughs> that's all helpful yeah but so. uh well any anything else going on other than your rage uh, about not having uh as uh, all your podcasts up?
0: It's not even a fact of all of them. It said it's the last one posted was in 2017.
2: <laughs> okay, we get it already. We get it. Yeah, it's when you were talking about Danny Rand, the immortal iron fist. <laughs> Defender yeah, of okay. one.
4: <laughs> it's the Iron Fist, <laughs> Danny Rand. <laughs> <laughs> When this one goes up in 2020, the 2017 is going to sound even further back. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm doing better. I'm doing that's better. Great. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah. So Stephanie, anything else going on for you?
0: Um. Well, depending on when the last one we recorded gets posted, not really.
2: Okay. <laughs> no, that's fair. So
0: it's been like seriously less than a week. Just over a week? Yeah, just over a week, yeah. Okay.
2: It was uh, Saturday before last.
0: So, yeah, not much really (laughs) going on here. I just had my 33rd birthday.
2: Oh, okay.
4: woo birthday buddies. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we've got a couple of Pisces in here. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, there's been nothing really going on in the last week and a half. Um, Okay. I haven't even, like, typed another sentence in my book since then. So yeah i've been too busy with other stuff life has just been a lot of work um i don't know if i should apologize ahead of time in case the phone starts ringing and you can't actually edit that out because i'm on call right now so i'm currently actually working so that's a lot of fun
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, well hopefully you won't get any calls
0: yeah hopefully it seems like the issue that was holding me up is kind of sort of resolving now but I'm currently dual wielding computers um so yeah I don't know what the future holds for me and work at the moment um I don't mean that in like an ominous job security type of way I just mean that in a I might all of a sudden go mute for like I don't even know how long it's I need to fix a crisis at work. So yay. Joys of managing an inbound call center.
2: I have one question for you, Stephanie. Yeah. What level do you have to achieve to be able to dual wield computers? (laughs) Apparently
0: level 33. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, it's good to have you back on Stephanie.
0: Good to be back.
2: All right, and so now it's time for our five-minute controversy. And for those just joining us, uh, the five-minute controversy is just a way for us to talk about a topic that's percolating in the geekosphere um, and just kind of loosen us up before we talk about the main topic and also give you a little insight into the way that we think about things. So uh, for this week... Um, I wanted to talk about, because everybody's talking about the Stanley cameo and the, the Stanley logo that Marvel put out for Captain Marvel. Um, and then there was also the news that there's only one more pre-recorded Stanley cameo, which is going to be in Avengers Endgame. And so several people have brought up the idea that Marvel could continue to do the Stanley cameos with CGI. And so my question is... Do you think that's a good idea? So, uh, Joe, let's start with you.
4: Uh, no. <laughs> um, I think there's only one way that you could do like CGI, uh, Stanley cameo, and that would be like in the the animated movies, like the mm. Spider Verse stuff. Mm. Like, but like no dialogue, just just visual. Mm. Uh, in live action just like do like you did on like uh the netflix stuff just like a picture or maybe a statue or something i i think it'd be too like creepy orville Redenbacher commercials <laughs> with like, like cgi a whole person i i'm not for that
2: i love that you went to orville Redenbacher commercials for that that's great
4: <laughs> those things scarred me as a child so
2: <laughs> i totally get it um Angie, uh, what do you think about this idea?
1: Uh, I'm super against CGI Stan Lee in movies going forward, but I do think that there's lots of ways you could incorporate cameos for him that weren't with some creativity. Like, I mean, the guy's been around forever. You have so much archival footage of him. You have so much, you know, just even just audio of him talking about various things. You know, they could go to Jessica Jones, was Jessica Jones where he just had a picture on the wall, I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can incorporate him into a film without going so far as to try to physically recreate him. So, uh, you know, at least in the the near future, I would say if you want to slowly taper them out, maybe just go with something a little more creative to include something that already exists
3: okay and uh will do you have a different opinion no i'm pretty much in agreement with everybody here just just let it go you know um like i mean i agree with the animation thing you know um you know if if, besides the 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 speaking part that he had in into the spider-verse um cool to find out after the fact after i after i watched the special features he's got like 20 different cameos in that movie. You know he's in like you know just blink if you miss it shots you know all over the movie which is pretty awesome you know it wasn't a speaking part but you know there he is so i mean yeah as far as like actual cgi cameos and live action i don't see that coming across well you know to the fandom to the critics to the general public um just because you know it's it's stan lee you know and and he's he's done his time he did his he did his his uh, his myth creating. He changed the world, and uh, you know I don't see that coming across as anything but feeling like it's forced. You know, if they if they try to go that route. And Stephanie, what about you?
0: All right, this has not been a very controversial topic, so time to be controversial! Um, I actually think go for it. Stan Lee himself became a character. He was kind of larger than life in that sense, and I think it's something that if he were still around and someone asked him, that he'd be totally down for it. As far as I'm aware, there are no interviews where someone actually asked him about that, so if someone has one and I'm completely wrong on this, then so be it but based off of what i know of the man and how involved he was in the creative process not only the fact that he also did kind of become a copyrighted character in and of himself um i say go for it speaking roles and such may be a little bit uh awkward but having uh, uh, his likeness legitimately just kind of being a background character here and there why not
2: well they could always ha- hire a sound alike too if they want to like really create a cg stan lee but that's not <laughs> yeah, uh, i think that's
0: that's stretching a little bit but um yeah i mean if the family is all for it too you do have to consider their their wishes but I, I think he was more so owned by marvel and disney so in my opinion his persona would have been all for it. So,
2: yeah, I mean, you brought up another dimension to this that I hadn't thought about is the fact that Stan himself, I kind of agree with you. I think that he would be okay with it. He would have been okay with it if somebody asked him because he always wanted, you know, people to, you know, recognize his contribution to Marvel and wanted to be very upfront and center there. So, I could definitely see him saying like, "Yeah, go ahead. You know, do that." Um, but yeah, as far as 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 my thinking though, I, I know that you know a lot of people they're sad to see Stan go, and they want there to be some touchstone um, in the in the future movies back to him. But I think that something like a poster or, or, or things of that nature are. Um, uh, a lot less tacky i guess than trying to recreate him um, from cgi i there's the whole uncanny valley elements like joe mentioned that sometimes the cgi recreations can get a little bit creepy and... yeah but he
0: was mentioning things from the 90s it's not the 90s <laughs> anymore
2: joe get with
0: That's the funny. times yeah
2: uh, but... i have
4: an alternate suggestion <clears throat> if we're worried about cgi let's not do cgi Let's just go a different commercial route. Let's go the KFC route (laughs) and just recast Stan Lee for every cameo.
0: I mean, personally, I like the fan idea going around of Deadpool takes his place poorly disguised as Stan Lee.
4: (laughs) I like that
3: too. you You could go full on KFC and make Robocop Stan Lee.
2: The idea of people kind putting on like Stanley prosthetic masks and everything that just that just seems a little more creepy to me than less creepy. know well, I'm thinking
0: like just the glasses and the mustache over the Deadpool mask. Like like I said, poorly disguised as him. Maybe a bald cap with some uh, hair sticking out. You know.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah. Okay. And saying stuff like. Excelsius! <laughs> oh,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> no It
0: took me just a second to process that. But yes, that would be hilarious.
2: No, what but I what I am fine with and what I would like for them to do is to keep that Stan Lee Marvel logo. They can keep that oh, yeah. going for a while. I mean, I've I've said to people at least through the end of the year, but if they want to do it next year and the year after too, I'm fine with that too and you know. Yeah, I
0: am totally down with that logo, although I was so not prepared for it. No, I know. And I was thinking, F- you Marvel, you're making me cry before the movie's actually even started.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, I because at first, you know, you see it and you're like, "What?" And then you're like, "Oh my god, it's that" Yeah, it was... <laughs> I was I was not okay.
4: It beat my record for crying at uh, Up. Up was the fastest movie to make me cry, and this, this beat it by, like, two seconds! It's two <laughs> seconds into the movie! It wasn't even into the movie! No, it wasn't! It was just the logo! The logo of
0: the studio making the movie! That was so not cool, but at the same time, it was amazing.
2: Yeah, and then they said something like, I think it was something like "thank you, Stan" or yeah. something like that after the logo appeared. And so, yeah, yeah, but but definitely for characters that he directly created, like you know many of the Avengers and Spider Man, I think it makes you know a lot of sense for them to have that logo before those movies. Um, you know, so so yeah, definitely through the end of the year, I'd like to see them using that logo. But you know, well. We'll see what they do with that. but um, So, yeah, I think that ends this five-minute controversy. Uh, Stephanie, I'd like to thank you for actually making it controversial. You're welcome. (laughs) And and so, yeah, now um, we're going to pause for a moment for a promo for another fine podcast.
1: You left the crew from Earth Station Who with the doctor in her prison cell and
0: everyone else trapped in Chibnall Hell.
2: Never fear, the way is clear with the crew of Earth Station Who right here. We save the day in the best possible way by giving you all new episodes. We mean the good stuff, classic stories, big finish, fan favorites too. Coming to you throughout the year with Happy Hoovy and Cheer.
0: And a smidge of super bonus Graham. Graham, so never fear.
2: You can find Earth Station Who wherever you listen to fine podcasts. Remember to tell all your friends.
0: Except for Ryan.
2: And leave feedback and subscribe. First Station Who is a proud member of the ESO Network. And we're back. And so like we talked about at the top of the show, we are going to talk about uh, Marvel's Captain Marvel. (laughs) I just realized how silly that sounds when you say it out loud. Um, And I say Marvel's Captain Marvel because of the uh, issue with DC also having a character called Captain Marvel. But that's a whole other thing that we're going to talk about in the Shazam podcast. But
0: <laughs> Shazam.
2: Yeah, I cannot hear that word without thinking of it in Gomer Piles words. Well, Shazam. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, Stephanie and Angie, I know that you're not big comic readers. Will, were you really familiar with Carol Danvers before the movie?
3: I was more familiar with Carol when she was Ms. Marvel and Binary, um, you know, back in the X-Men days, um, you know, when she was prominent with the Star Jammers. So I wasn't really that familiar with her in her Captain Marvel persona. I mean, I was I had surface knowledge, you know, that she was Captain Marvel. Uh, but I didn't follow her her monthly book. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she's the
2: fourth person, at least that I know of, to take the Captain Marvel name. So <laughs>
3: right, right. You had Marvel. You had um, uh, Monica, Monica from the Avengers in the '80s. You know, you had Rick Jones for a while. Oh, that's right, so, Rick Jones
2: too. No, and I was thinking of Janice, which was Marvel's son, also. So
3: yeah, well, he bonded with Rick for a long time. You know, then they went kind of crazy for a while. So, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, I'm aware that she's Captain Marvel. And I've read, you know, a few books here and there with her in it, but I, I wasn't as much of a follower of her as other books.
2: Right. No, that's why I asked about Carol rather than because, Mar- I mean, she became Captain Marvel very recently in comics terms. So. Right. But I mean, that doesn't really matter for, you know, the adaptation, which is really taking her story as a whole rather than, you know, just the bit when she's Captain Marvel. Sure. Um, Joe, were you familiar uh, with Carol Danvers Captain Marvel before this?
4: Uh, not really. I don't read a whole, whole lot of comics unless they're sort of standalone because I'm a continuity freak and I don't know where to start. (laughs) Um, but weirdly enough, I, while watching the movie, they introduced Monica Rambeau,
2: right? Well, except they called her Maria, but yeah, she is the, I mean, but it seems to be the same character. Yes.
4: Um, the whole time I was like, that name sounds familiar. Why do I know that name? Uh, and then
1: daughter, right?
4: Monica's the daughter, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the daughter of uh, the other woman. I can't remember names half the time. Maria. Uh, Yeah. Okay, yeah, the daughter of Maria, Monica Rambo. I was like, that name sounds familiar, and I realized she's like one of the main characters in Next Wave Agents of Hate, which is an amazing comic book and really, really funny. So... I was like, oh okay. And then I looked at it and I'm like, oh wait, she's she's also Captain Marvel.
2: Yeah. I did I had no idea. Yeah, she was Captain Marvel during the period between Captain Marvel, so <laughs> then she changed her name to Photon and then to Spectrum. Um so yeah. Love lovely Marvel uh continuity discussions of people passing names around, but <laughs> so so Will. Um for, for people that don't know anything about Carol from the comics, can you give just, like, a few sentences about who Carol Danvers is?
3: Oh, gosh. Uh, she's been around for a long, long time. Um, I know I have some gaps in my memory here, because it's been a while. Um, she's been either an Avenger or an associate of the Avengers, like, for a long—like, forever. Um, she was Ms. Marvel— in like the early 80s and she possessed uh the powers that rogue eventually picked up um she you know had invulnerability flight super strength um during a fight with rogue uh with the x-men at one point rogue grabbed her well she
2: wasn't of the x-men then correct yes. correct
3: yeah it was still when rogue was still a villain with with the brotherhood um they had a fight and rogue Grabbed onto her skin to skin for too long and absorbed, permanently absorbed her powers of flight and super strength and invulnerability. Um, put Carol into a bit of a tailspin for a long time. She eventually hooked up with the Star Jammers and gained some powers with them. I can't remember how she did it, but she became known as a binary and, and um, toured the cosmos and eventually came back, and that's where my memory is a blank. But I do know that she eventually picked up the mantle and powers of Captain Marvel. But yeah, she's been, she's been here and there, up and down, around. I mean, she's been uh, a mainstay in the Marvel Universe for as long as I can remember.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where when Marvel's looking at, because, I mean, DC, you know, uh, for, you know, for better or worse, they've had Wonder Woman as sort of their iconic female superhero lead since the 40s. You know, so DC's had, you know, a prominent character like that for far longer than Marvel has. And so, um, you know, so, so Marvel, looking back at who was a prominent female superhero character that they could, you know, use, you know, uh, Carol was a very logical choice because she's been someone who's been around for a long time. She's been an Avenger. And um, and so that's why we get Captain Marvel as the first Uh, MCU female-led superhero film. Um, So, um, overall impressions of the movie. Um, Stephanie, why don't we start with you?
0: Well, like all Marvel movies, I went in only briefly familiar with the character. uh, Mostly just because I have a friend who goes to all these movies with me who's a huge comic book fan. So, everything I know about them is purely from listening to him rant and rave both before and after be it good or bad, ranting and raving. I know the type. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it didn't have me as pumped up as Wonder Woman did um, in terms of having a uh, actual woman hero up there, but it still was a more intriguing and relatable story for me. Um, while being the same old general Marvel movie story just told with another superhero. <laughs>
2: um,
0: it was just really nice that Marvel finally decided to focus on one of their women superheroes, um, as opposed to the plethora of men that they have. Um, and it's kind of been bothering me a little bit that there has been so much hype over, oh my gosh, we finally have this woman hum- uh, woman hero when we did get Wonder Woman was that two years ago now
2: yeah it was 2017
0: when we did have wonder woman and that one was not entirely your typical superhero movie that one had a little bit more of a unique story behind it um but that's not to say that i did not thoroughly enjoy captain marvel and rank it as a a pretty high up there movie um I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, there were a few cringy eye roll moments at the 90s, but then <laughs> I also was like, okay, this might just be cringy eye roll because it's the 90s, and I do actually legitimately remember that stuff. Um, overall, I am super glad to finally have a um, a Marvel woman headliner there. Um, and. Despite the many cries for a Black Widow movie, I think it was much better done to have uh, Captain Marvel as that that first movie than pulling something out of their ass for Black Widow.
2: Oh, oh that's harsh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of Black Widow all that much as a hero. Mm. Um, she's more of an anti-hero, in my opinion, and the various origin stories that i've heard from my my comic obsessed friend um i just don't feel like she is a very good lead character she's a better supporting character that's not to say they can't pair her up with another woman um just i don't think that she would have been the right move to go this route with
2: yeah yeah to be fair, I prefer Hope even to Black Widow, but I, that's not to say I don't think a Black Widow movie would be good. I just think that Hope from Ant-Man and the Wasp is is a more interesting character. But uh, but yeah, speaking about the '90s, uh, Stephanie, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I cheered when I saw the blockbuster in the trailer. <laughs>
0: Oh my god. The trailer, yeah, I was like, Oh my god, it's Blockbuster. <laughs> then it happened in the movie. I was like, Oh my god, it's so it's so blockbuster.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean And, and then the, they
0: went to Radio Shack
1: and I was just like oh my <laughs>
2: <God."> <laughs> Yeah, Radio Shack. There's a lot of still empty holes in in, in shopping centers where Radio Shacks used to be. Um but, uh, but yeah, and I mean, as far as the people talking about, you know, a female-led superhero movie, yes, we did already have Wonder Woman. But I think people are excited that the MCU is also having them. Oh, yeah. And so I think that that's – I think that's the reason why people are hyped. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know – I get the, you know, hey, it's a Marvel origin movie and all of that, because that's kind of how I felt about it, too. But when you watch the videos of, like, the little girls coming out and being so excited because they saw, you know...
0: Oh, that's so amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I get it. I get the movie wasn't, you know, necessarily, like, aimed directly at me, you know, but, you know, I think it's good that they've done a movie, you know, the, that that's I don't for... even
0: think that this was done as a movie aimed at... The, the women either it was just it was your typical marvel movie just focusing on a hero who happens to be a woman and so yeah there were a couple of different um issues like honestly i saw a lot of parallels between her origin and captain america's origin mm-hmm. both of them were continuously told you can't do this you're not strong enough you're not going to be able to do it and then they turn around and like haha look at me now What you got to say, huh? (laughs)
1: Um,
0: It's just they also included the additional level of misogyny that Carol had to go through her whole life being told that she can't do it because she's a girl. Um, Not just because she's weak, but because she's a girl, she can't do this. There's no way she can do it. So she kind of had to have the attitude of, you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. That Steve never had to worry about because even though he was a, a weak, scrawny man, he still had that man going for him. Where people didn't entirely discredit that he could never ever do it. So but honestly, I thought the two stories, in terms of the origin of the hero themselves, were incredibly similar.
2: No, no, and, I, and you're not the first person that I've heard mention that. As you know, a lot of people are comparing it to Captain America: The First Avenger. Will, what were your uh, overall thoughts about the movie?
3: I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I thought it was just—I thought it was just a solidly, solid, well-told movie. Uh, well told story, good acting, good action, um, you know, and I thought that the the plot was well done. You know, like I I like the uh, the 90s references, um, of course, you know, having lived through all that, you know, and enjoying and both suffering through it as well, like the uh, <laughs> like the the reference like when they were downloading the audio file how it took way too long you yeah. know and they're all just kind of just kind of hanging out waiting they're like and she's like what's happening oh it's downloading you know um so that, was a nice, that was a nice little little tidbit um you know and i wouldn't put it on par with like um you know like with winter soldier you know or you know like on the top tier of, of the marvel movies but i thought it was solid you know i'd probably give it like a a good, like, 7 out of 10. Um, you know, it was an origin story um, that that I thought did a very good job of establishing Carol and Captain Marvel, you know, and to, uh, to echo the sentiment, you know, to me, it didn't matter that that she was a female. I mean, um, you know, I remember going to see Venom in the, in the theater, and uh, they showed a trailer for Captain Marvel, you know, before the movie started. And under his breath, uh, uh, the gentleman next to me that I had no idea who it was under his breath. He said, man, I can't believe they made Captain Marvel a woman. And I had to bite my tongue, you know, to tell him, uh, Hey man, you know, Captain Marvel has been a woman since 1983. Uh, just saying, <laughs> you know, uh, so I think there's, you know, the, the, the fair weather fans are kind of, it's easy for them to jump on the bandwagon of, you know, Marvel is just doing this as a response to, you know, to like the Me Too movement or, you know, or a response to Wonder Woman or whatever. But I mean, Captain Marvel's been a female character forever, you know, since Marvel passed away,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, from cancer, you know. Um, if there's any legitimate claim to be made for the gender swap, it's with Marvel in the movie, you know. Uh, but even to me, that was not a big deal. You know, it wasn't the story was more about Carol than it was, you know, Marvel. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, if anything, you know, if I were to to nitpick, you know, if anything, the issue that the most issue I had with it was with me, because I found I found it hard to get as much hyped for it as I should have, because in game is, you know, five, six weeks away. You know? <laughs> uh, um. And so it's sandwiched between these two mega movies, you know, um, Captain Marvel is. And I get, you know, why it's where it is. Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, we're all assuming that Carol's going to play a pretty major role in Endgame. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, the the positioning, you know, like I say, um, made it hard for me to get as excited for it um, as I could have had Endgame not been so close, you know. But, no. uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought the CG on, on, uh, on Samuel Jackson was just outstanding, you know. Because um, when they first started rolling out trailers for it, I went back just for the heck of it and threw in yep. Die Hard with a Vengeance from 1995, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's scary how much they look like each other, you know. Um, I mean, like, you know, m- maybe a little bit of, like, giveaway in the movie, like, in action scenes, because... You know, he kind of moves like a 70-year-old man, you know. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, physically, he looks amazing. You know, maybe Colson didn't look quite as good. But, I mean, the, the CG de-aging has come such a long way, you know. Uh,
2: all right. I, I want to actually talk so. about that because, I, I, yeah, that's the same way that I felt. What is so weird about Clark Gregg being de-aged that isn't weird about Samuel Jackson? Because it was the same thing for me where it's like, and he doesn't look as different as he did back then. But yet, for some reason, that threw me for a bigger loop. Maybe it was the hair.
3: Like, <laughs> like it's I mean. His
2: forehead is smoother.
3: Yeah, and like his hair was more like just a quaff, you know, than it is in Agents of Shield. You know, it had a bit more get-up and go than it does, you know, in present day. Maybe that was threw me off, um, and maybe we saw so little of him, little of him on screen that I, I just it, I didn't have chance to get used to him as much as we did Nick. I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, it, it just kind of there was too much. Uh, huh, there's 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 Coulson, but when Nick was on on screen, I'm like, oh cool, it's Nick Fury, you know.
0: It was kind of weird because Coulson still looked old. He just looked young old.
3: Yeah, there you go. I mean, it was it it wasn't as bad as like, uh, you know, Professor X from Last Stand, but I mean, it was it, it kind of had that same kind of kind of eh, kind of feel to it for me. For me, but, it was
1: the sideburns, mm. I,
3: they were, yeah, they, there you go.
1: They were not right. <laughs>
3: But uh, but yeah, I liked I like Goose. I you know I really liked Goose the cat, and I liked the running joke of, of Nick's eye going away. You know, like at first, you know during the initial uh, encounter with the scroll. Hey, is your eye okay? Yeah, it's fine. You know, and then, you know that that kind of running joke to the movie, and then you know we finally get the get the reveal as to what took his eye out. But uh, and I like the 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 role reversal of the scrolls. Um, you know, making them more of a sympathetic group than, you know, just outright villains. Um, you know, and the Kree, you know, being the villains that we've gotten to know up to this point because when the marketing started rolling out, you know, assumptions being a comic fan, you know, Skrulls have always been the enemy and, uh, and you know, there's always been the Kree-Skrull war, you know. And then, of course, you know, this the Kree that we've gotten to know in the MCU through Guardians and through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, they're not, you know anywhere near good people Mm -hmm. but then you know you have the association with the scrolls well they got to be good because the scrolls are bad but then you know it was it was kind of cool to see that role reversal there with the scrolls in that you know they're not necessarily bad they're just trying to make do and survive you know so that was a that was a that was a cool little reversal that you know i didn't mind um not being you know a huge hardcore fan of of the scrolls in general but uh but yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was solid edition and it'll be interesting to see where they go with with uh with carol going from here
2: yeah um yeah i mean speaking to the whole thing about oh is this a reaction to wonder woman or whatever i mean marvel's been wanting to do this one for a while but there's politics in the marvel uh you know quarters where they, the the marvel's films used to report to the ceo of marvel who didn't think that a female-led movie would sell but now that Marvel Studios has been pulled out and, and, you know, they report directly to Disney, they can do what they want to do. Kevin Feige can do what he wants to do. And, yeah. you know, this was when they announced Phase 3. I mean, Captain Marvel was always part of it. I mean, they've moved it around a little bit in the schedule and whatnot. But um, it actually is now, I mean, where, when it aired here, was actually fairly close to where they originally announced it to be. So, um, You know, I mean, that's the thing, but they wanted to take the time to do it right, which, you know, I completely agree with that. That's why I think that's why it's towards the end of phase three. Sure. Is they didn't want to rush it out because they knew that it was important in the same way that Black Panther was important.
3: And it also kind of seems to me like, you know, in in comparing the MCU storyline of the gauntlet to the comic storyline of the gauntlet, Silver Surfer played a major role in how that resolution played out in the comics. And obviously they can't use him yet. Um Maybe they will in the future. Who knows? Right now, he's still off the books. So it, it, it to me, it always kind of it seemed like they were building Carol up to to play that Silver Surfer role. You know, that cosmic level, you know, game changer that's gonna that's gonna help the heroes out and and help to win the day, um, which I'm fine with because you know it's not like they created her for this specific purpose. You know, she just happened to exist and you know they're putting her in this storyline which makes sense to have her in there.
2: Nope, I, I completely agree. Although I'm not sure how I don't think Endgame's really going to follow the Infinity Gauntlet storyline all that closely, so I don't Oh no.
3: <laughs> but I mean but, yeah, I mean but... quick tangent there, you know, I've been a you know comics fan forever and ever and even I don't know where they're going with Endgame <laughs> and I love it, you know. <laughs> yeah, Bring no,
2: I'm the same way. Yeah, I don't yeah. Yeah, surprise me. Um, right exactly. So Angie, how would you feel about the movie overall?
1: Um I had a ton of fun watching it. It was beautiful. Uh, the acting was great. Um, but I, I'm going to be honest, I felt like it was cotton candy. I, there was no there was no substance to it whatsoever. And I feel like there was no attempt to broaden the world building of the MCU, even though they introduced a bunch of things or could have gone into things. like I felt like the fact that I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. means that I have the understanding that I kind of needed to know what what was going on with the Cree, but if I had just been a movie watcher I would have no idea what was going on or why some of them were blue and some weren't um I, I don't I don't know I mean the comparisons to Wonder Woman and to Captain America kind of make me feel like it, those movies did a lot more to develop their characters than this movie did this movie just felt like fluff
2: I'm going to put a pin in that because I, I, I want to tee up on that. But before we do that, Joe, uh, how do you feel about the movie overall?
4: Uh, I I really liked it. I see what you guys are saying about it not being like the deepest movie ever. It is kind of fluffy, but I feel like that's okay. I feel like there's a lot of like pressure on this movie to be like the best ever because it's a woman and like, I I am looking forward to the day when we can just have movies with women without it being so important that it be the best possible thing ever. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like just I'm, I'm looking for the day we can just tell good stories that have women in it and it not be like this big, big, big deal. Like, I mean, I, it is important and everything, but it's I just I feel like it's unfair to like we don't judge all these other superhero movies sometimes quite as harshly you know like uh like ant-man or whatever or thor if it's a little weak we're just like eh, okay and then move on to the next one and like there's a lot of pressure for this movie to be the best ever and i i i I think it's okay to be not the best movie
2: you know well but here's the thing and, and here's why for a lot of people it's really important traditionally superhero movies starring women have been garbage There was Elektra. There was Catwoman. There were all these movies that were just awful or unwatchable that came out in the early 2000s or the late 90s. And so that gave this impression that superhero movies starring women don't sell. Now, obviously, that's not the case with either Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel, but that's because people actually tried to do serious takes with those characters. They actually invested decent money. They got decent writers and directors to do those, you know. So, and so that's the thing. That's why people are saying it's so important. It's because they want to change the Hollywood mindset. Right. And that, so they want these movies to succeed and to do well, you know, about, about you know, female-led superhero movies.
4: I just, yeah, I just wish there wasn't such pressure on them to be the best.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's wrong that it exists, but at the same time as it does exist, it's kind of like people want it to, you know, people want yeah. to, like, like smash those perceptions.
4: Because there are a ton of, of bad to mediocre male-driven superhero mm-hmm. movies. And they don't stop making those,
2: right? But that's because there's already a track record of ones that sell well, you know. So it's like, yeah. So it's it's easier to say, well, there are a bunch that sell well, even though there are a bunch that are also garbage. But so they just they they're just trying to build up that track record of female led superhero movies that are doing well. Um, but uh, but yeah. So <clears throat> my own uh, perception is closer to Angie's. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, it's funny to me because a lot of people are comparing it to Captain America. To me, Captain America, the first Avenger, was the worst MCU movie.
1: I will fight you on that one.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hate you now, Nathan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so to me, comparing it to that movie is not the best thing. Now, I think this movie is definitely ha- better than that one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, found, I found it boring. And I hate the fact that I found it boring, but I did find it boring. I mean, Carol is never in any kind of peril. And she's never... And 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 her whole arc is just to discover her memories. There's never any kind of internal conflict. There's never any kind of development of her character other than, oh, now I remember who I am, or at least remember part of it, and now I know the Kree lied to me, and so now I'm going to beat them up. And so it's like... to me that made it like like angie said it was kind of fluffy um the movie itself i loved her humor i think that you know the the you know like the quippiness you know they're setting her up to have like that great personal you know humor like you know tony stark i mean not in the same way that tony stark does but to have that you know sort of level to her i like that um I like the fact that her costume was, you know, no different than the male Cree costumes. <laughs> um, Carol has not always in the comics had the best costumes, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, apparently, Brie Larson even said when she uh, when she met with Marvel that she didn't want the swimsuit costume. <laughs> so, Don't blame her. Yeah, so you know she. Um, You know, and so I like the fact that, you know, in that way it wasn't a story about male gaze or anything like that. I like that there wasn't a romantic subplot. You know, um, um, you know, not that that's necessarily bad, but, you know, it just, it seems like women in superhero movies always have to be, you know, in love with somebody or somebody's in love with them or whatever, and we didn't have it. Other than I feel like there was a tiny bit of sexual tension in the very beginning between her and Yon-Rogg, and thankfully the movie just went like, no, we're going to go a completely different direction. Um... But uh but yeah, you know, I like that.
4: I got that more with Maria. That's that's weird.
2: Well see people are saying that, but I I mean they were best friends since they were kids. So to me that doesn't imply anything sexual, but
0: I'm almost wondering if that sexual tension turning into nothing really was an intentional misdirect.
2: I think so, too. I, I don't think there was ever a version of this movie where they thought of actually doing... I hope not, anyway, mm-hmm. of having her be like, you know, have had a relationship with him. Because that just that just adds all kinds of overtones that I, I wouldn't want in this. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, the fan part of me had some issues. I mean, it's kind of funny because... Um, you know, Will mentioned the scroll thing. And I get that this is totally just because I'm a comic person. Um, that bothered me. Um, just because... To me, it didn't have to be one is good, one is bad. They could have both been bad. Which is what I, you know, I expected to happen in the movie. Um... And that the humans are just trying to protect themselves from these two alien powers that are making you know Earth their battleground, uh, kind of thing. Um, but uh, I do think they're limiting themselves. I mean, M- the MCU has always had a villain problem, and this did not help them because the Skrulls would, I think, make great villains because of their ability to blend in, um, and so making them just poor, misunderstood, you know, refugees like you know uh, weakens that potential.
0: See, I don't necessarily think they. They screwed screwed up on that one because they're just showing us this particular group of Skrulls. This group that was helped by Marvell and by these humans that were hiding them and helping them reunite with each other. That wasn't the entire population of the Skrulls.
2: Right, but they they've given us a Skrull population that's already devastated and doesn't have a homeworld. So they're never going to be the Skrull Empire like this in the comics, where it's, it's a big deal. Um, so, yeah, you're right. They could always introduce evil Skrull characters, um, but it's never going to be the threat level that they are in the comics. And that's, to me, that's a short-sighted move on their part. And I personally would have preferred a more nuanced movie because, again, I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of meat to this movie, and having two different antagonistic alien factions would have given us, like, another level maybe, um, to the movie and so that was kinda so again, I don't, I don't think the movie was bad, it's just in the sense of I was kinda bored and other than the scrolls turning out to be good guys, I predicted every beat of this movie I mean, cause if the <laughs> even with the trailer, I was like, the cat's the one that Fury trusted that that cost him his eye and then what happens in the movie? The cat's the one that Fury trusted that cost him the eye you know, I mean, it's I don't know, I just, I, I, I was frustrated that I could predict just about everything that happened in the movie. Um, but, uh, um, moving on from that. <laughs> um, so, so this movie, it did, you know, it, it tried to, you know, give us a lot of continuity. We had the the Nick Fury Eye thing that we talked about before. I mean, how well do you feel that the movie fit in? with the existing, uh, Marvel story, because that's always the problem with prequels, right? You know, like it's supposed to happen before, but sometimes writers get a little overly ambitious or whatever. So, um, Joe, what did you think about, uh, how the movie handled the continuity?
4: I didn't, I didn't see any problems with it. It seemed to be pretty good. Um, I was, I was very happy to see Coulson again, even though he had his Smooth, shiny
2: forehead. Um, <laughs> yes, I did enjoy seeing galson I did.
4: I was a little like the the whole deal with the tesseract. I was like, I'm not entirely sure of where this thing has been, and I had to like <laughs> Google it afterwards. And be like, does this make sense? Okay, it makes sense. Because uh, I I was a little confused because it seemed like the post credit scene. I thought the post credit scene was present day, but it it's not it's still back in the 90s cuz his office is still very 90s so that confused me for a second i was like wait the cats had it this whole time that doesn't make any sense but <laughs> as far as i like i didn't notice anything or there was nothing that really like took me out of the movie and went, like Rawr. well i will say there was one thing that bugged me and it made my brain wrinkle a little bit is the fact that stanley is reading the Mallrats script uh, and is auditioning for it. Is is he is the movie different in this universe? Did he create Marvel Comics in this universe? Did how does that work?
2: Look, all the Stanleys we've seen in other Marvel movies are just clones of the real Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was the real Stanley reading the Mar- Mallrats script. And he well,
3: was, he is a uh, Watcher, so there
4: you go. <laughs> Wait, is but he is is. Is he from our universe and jumped to the MCU universe? Or, cause like, that means that the, the Marvel comics exist if he's reading the Mallrat script. I assume, cause it's the same, I'm assuming
2: it's the same movie. And
4: yeah. he'll be talking about, you know, superheroes
2: yeah. in it and stuff. Marvel comics exists within Marvel comics. Okay. They're just stories about the characters that are real characters. in within the Marvel universe.
4: I guess that makes sense, but doesn't he talk about <laughs> Spider Man and Mallrats? Rats?
2: <laughs> don't think about it too hard, Joe. Mallrats in the MCU maybe is slightly different.
4: <laughs> that's what I. That's what I'm thinking. Also, did they DH Stan Lee for that or no? I, mean, I don't think so. To, I. I think he, he, was he looked still just old.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Stanley at 70. He's so much different from 90. You know. I mean, I don't. I don't think they bothered.
3: Yeah. I'd like to think that was like the only time we ever saw the true Stan Lee. And every other Marvel movie was Uatu the Watcher. No. Yes. <laughs> I'll accept that, that form. Head <laughs> <cannon>. <laughs> Um,
2: So, uh, Stephanie, how did you feel that the movie used continuity?
0: Um, as far as I could tell, there was something that struck out to me as being out of place. Um, however, you did mention the what had been up with the Tesseract. That was one thing I couldn't remember what did happen with it. Uh, Can one of you give me a quick refresher?
2: Well, here's the thing, and here and see, I still feel like the Tesseract is a little wonky because the last thing we saw with it was in Captain America: The First Avenger when Howard Stark gets it from the bottom of the ocean, and or is that in Agents of or is that in Peggy Carter? Somewhere they showed Howard Stark fishing it out of the bottom of the ocean, but he couldn't find Cap. They were looking for Cap, and he found the Tesseract instead, and so. You know, they never said how it got from Howard Stark to S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, I always assume that Howard Stark just gave it to the SSR, whatever they were called before they were S.H.I.E.L.D., and they just had it all that time. Mm -hmm. Now somehow it fell into the hands of some private contractor lady, and that's the part where I'm kind of like, wait. Did Howard give it to her, and if so, why? Or did S.H.I.E.L.D. have it for a while, and then they gave it to her, and if so, why? And so I still feel like the Tesseract story is a little wonky, because there's still not—I don't get why it would ever end up in the hands of a private contractor.
0: Well, maybe Howard was a little bit of a, um, a philanthropist.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say philanthropy. That's the word
0: I meant to say, and then I realized okay. as I was saying it that the wrong word came out of my mouth. Uh,
2: maybe he sees it as philanthropy. E-
0: exactly. But... <laughs> I mean, he was kind of a bit of both, which is why I think the wrong word slipped out of my mouth. Um, okay. But I was going to say he's kind of a bit of a philanderer, and uh, it's very possible that uh Marvel and he maybe had a little... Arrangement for some powerful artifact that he had and some powerful artifact that she had uh, <laughs> <laughs> And that's how she ended up with the Tesseract to be a, a fuel source or something. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't remember where it was before uh, Shield had it. So that's why I was a little uh, a little wavery on that, but um
1: i'm and uh, I'm not a comic reader but my i thought that project pegasus was created to study the tesseract like i i don't think that marvell started project pegasus i think she just infiltrated it
2: well but she's still a private oh, okay yeah no that's but still seems odd that because they did say she was a private contractor so um that it was not part of any kind of official government like But thing, isn't, so. doesn't
1: loki steal the tesseract from project pegasus
2: well, he steals it from Shield, but it was it was that
3: Project Pegasus in the first Avengers.
2: Oh, okay. Did they call it that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because because that's the thing. Because they, they make this whole big deal of Fury, keep it secret, keep it safe. You know, it's like Lord of the Rings here, and it's suddenly it's like I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, Fury was like flashing it to everybody in the world, and they had a big project built around it. So it's like you know it's not like he kept it secret. so why did they put in the part about you know fury keep it secret because he obviously didn't so i don't know i just i thought some of that stuff was kind of wonky like the writers didn't remember themselves what had happened with the tesseract
3: well and if memory serves wasn't project pegasus like a joint venture between nasa and shield i
2: thought
1: it was the air force but yeah air i force, mean it was, yeah. there's definitely a bunch of acronyms in there
3: yeah, so I mean so that would I mean that would make it easy for me anyway, that'd make it easy for the, the Tesseract to end up at Project Pegasus, you know, if Shield was involved with it, you know, and then Marvell could have gotten a hold of it that way.
2: But Stephanie, did you have anything more you wanted to say or was was just the Tesseract the, the thing that you wanted to talk about?
0: I forgot what the original question was now.
2: <laughs> did you feel that the, the, the continuity was good or did you feel like there was anything that was either didn't make sense or, you know, there's the other thing that prequels sometimes do of trying to like retroactively fit two things together that sometimes doesn't feel right. Did you feel like like there was any of that?
0: Um, I don't remember anything that really seemed to be all that much of a retcon. The only thing I did come out a little puzzled on and just didn't think to ask about it until now was the bit about the tesseract. I thought it was hilarious though with that post credit scene with him coughing it up like a hairball.
2: Yeah, no, that that was definitely funny. <laughs>
0: um, that might be my new favorite Marvel after credit scene, just in general. As soon as as soon as Goose hopped up on that table as a a very, very experienced cat owner myself, I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen
4: here. There were so many times during the movie that I just went, ah, cats.
0: Yeah. And I was one of the first people to start laughing even before Goose did the first little upchuck noise because I just I knew exactly what that cat was about to do. Yeah, I don't remember anything that really stuck out. Um, maybe one of you will say something that I'll be like, oh, yeah, wait, there was that. But nothing that stuck with me long enough where here we are less than a week later and I'm still wondering about it.
2: Sure. Yeah, the Tesseract is something I hear a lot of people talking about, so I expected that one to come up. Um, will, what about you? Was there any uh, continuity stuff that you felt was kind of wonky? <laughs>
3: no, nothing really like stood out. Um, you know, the... I mean, the question has been raised on the interwebs about, you know, why didn't, if Nick's had his pagers since 1995, why didn't he page Carol before now, um, you know, and and to me, that's not really a big deal, you know. Um, well, you, you think about it.
2: By the time the aliens were invading, and in, like there, before the aliens have invaded in Avengers, before the Chitari came, there was no real reason for Nick to call her. And by that point, they, you know, like the government was firing nuclear missiles and crap. By the time the aliens were invading, right? So he was kind of like, I gotta handle what's going on right now. So yeah, I don't think it's a really valid criticism because <laughs> right. Y- Yeah, hindsight, 2020, yeah, he probably should have called Carol as soon as Loki showed up, but the situation hadn't escalated to the point where she was needed until it was already too late.
3: Right, exactly. And plus, you know, let's say that he did, and depending on how far away she was and how fast she can fly you know, the situation may have gotten resolved before she got there and he paid her back and said, no, we're cool. You know, false alarm. (laughs) I mean, who knows? You know, to me, it's a non-issue, you know, I mean, Nick could have had just faith in his heroes and, okay, we got this under control. We'll take care of business. I mean, whatever. Um, Yeah. I mean, beyond that, you know, the, the Tesseract thing, you know, to me, that's not really as much of a a continuity flub as it raises some interesting questions. Right. It can all be explained away,
2: but yeah, it's right. just, it was puzzling.
3: I mean to me, you know, the two things that stand out concerning the Tesseract is um, you know, how powerful is Goose, you know, that he's that that this cat or the flurkin, excuse me, is able to uh, you know, contain the Tesseract, which houses an infinity stone, you know, in itself for however long it did, you know. And, uh, number two, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, essentially Carol is powered by an infinity stone. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that could raise some interesting theories or possibilities moving forward. Um, because what, I mean, what pure level of power is she when her source of power is an infinity stone, you know? So it could be interesting to see once again, how they move forward from here um if they decide to run with that knowledge
4: so i feel like it's assumed a lot that she's going to be some sort of key to defeating thanos but maybe it was the cat that's
3: right (laughs) he can just eat the gauntlet the cat will just swallow the entire gauntlet you know and there you go game over (laughs) credits swallow thanos
4: and everything just once. I've been seeing a picture
0: floating around of Thanos with the, the three scratches across his face and yeah. then straight to goose. And
2: yeah, except they're not scratches they're part of his face because they're symmetric. He has them on the other side too it's just he has weird lines on his face but it's funny to think of them as scratches. That's
0: not fun
1: way to take <laughs> away the joy.
2: <laughs> um, Angie, did you how do you think they handle continuity in this movie?
1: I mean honestly I don't I'm not overly. I don't police continuity overly much as a general rule I can hand wave most things. The only thing that kind of took me back was uh I don't have any idea how long Cree live, but uh, that guy from Guardians looks great for how he looks in the beginning of of Guardians, he looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, Ronan.
1: No, not Ronan. Um the uh, I don't know his name. The guy who says "You to Star Lord." The, the Star Lord guy, Star
2: Lord. Yes. Oh, is he supposed to be? I wondered if he was supposed to be the, same, the same guy same or if actor. it was a different it character. Has to be the same oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. it's
3: a uh, Jimin Hansu, and he played Korath.
2: Okay.
1: Anyway, that was the only thing that I kind of giggled about.
2: No, oh, okay. Well, Ronan doesn't look any different either. Just
1: different face <laughs> paint. What year is Guardians of the Galaxy supposed to be in?
4: I don't remember because it's not. It wasn't like modern day, right?
2: no well it was supposed to be or near i mean it was it's guardians 2 that's the wonky one cuz it doesn't happen like it's not the same number of years that passed between guardians 1 and guardians 2 as passed within the movie i remember there being a thing about this when guardians 2 came out that like guardians 2 only happens like a few months later or something anyway it didn't sync up um but um but yeah guardians 1 happened i think in the i think the movie came out in 2014 i think it's supposed to happen in 2014 I had I, I, I didn't buy Colson and Fury being partners. Um that never seemed to be their relationship as they were former partners. Um and I was like, while it's great seeing Colson, I didn't that that I felt was like a bridge too far. Um And again, it can all be explained away. It's not necessarily a contradiction, but it just felt again like they were trying to like shoehorn things together that didn't need to be. The other thing that I didn't like was carol avenger daniel or danvers um because like a friend of mine said that's the bad kind of continuity when you try to like retroactively make her more important by attaching her to something that we know in the present day um and and she doesn't need it and it felt kind of tacky and, and forced um so that to me was kind of like eh.
1: i
4: would have been okay with it if you you set that up and then you think he's typing Avengers and then you just put the Carol Project, or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping they would do that and then they did. <laughs> that would be funny actually.
0: And then is just like, <laughs> "Boss, that sounds stupid." <laughs>
2: right. Um, and again, even though Goose was fun and and it was you know it's great having like the cat like alien and everything, when you go to Winter Soldier. And the whole speech that Fury makes about, you know, trust and everything, and the last time he trusted someone, he lost an eye. Having it be like an accident where this cat-like alien scratched him, it's not really a trust issue, you know? <laughs> so I felt like, again, that was continuity-wise, that, that lessens what happened in, in Winter Soldier and the speech he was trying to make, because it, it really, the situation really wasn't like that. Now, if Goose had turned out to be a Skrull imposter... And and had attacked him. That would have been you know something about trust, but that that was not. I, I didn't feel like that really was a good setup for him losing an eye.
0: Well, Fury just has a little flair for the dramatic, and he was exaggerating <laughs> and really trying to drive in a point. And it's been twenty thirty years since that happened. I mean, who knows what went on in between there with him and Goose. <laughs> Maybe Although, there really was yeah, a like... true be uh, a true distrust there.
2: That cat betrayed me. Yeah,
1: betrayal. Like that's Fury. was Or Fury's just full of it. Like he always has been. Yeah, exactly.
0: He's just lying. Yeah, maybe to they went on some
3: adventures someone. and they went on some adventures for a while. Then they had a fallen out. You know, who knows? Yeah,
2: yeah. Goose Goose is now in like Monaco writing his memoirs <laughs> or her memoirs. They never do gender goose, so <laughs> could be male or female or neither. Who knows? So, um, tonally, I felt like the movie was kind of a little all over, um, you know, we would go from like really serious to, you know, everybody sitting around asking the scroll to like shapeshift into stuff, <laughs> you know, it just felt like kind of like out of place and kind of like a little, uh... did you guys feel that way or is that just me? Just you. I-
0: I didn't have any issue like
2: that. Yeah, I think I that's like the
4: issue. Most, no yeah, most Yeah,
2: uh,
1: mouse. My, <laughs> my only real issue, it came more just from the fact that there's no depth to this film. Like, if they're, if, if the scroll were refugees that are looking for a home and, like, they have these limited numbers because they're getting hunted, like, Talos sure didn't care too much that she, like, destroyed a cruiser that I'm sure was fairly valuable, like, and killed all of those people. I, I just... You know, it was like, oh, well, we're in a war and we're refugees and we're losing and we're on the run and you destroyed one of our valuable resources and killed a bunch of us. It's cool. Like, I don't, it just felt like there weren't any consequences for anything.
2: Yeah, a friend of mine, she said that, like, you can tell that there were, like, four different passes on the script because it feels like there's, like, four different really great movies and you know it's like there's a lot of potential with a lot of these different storylines but it felt like they they tried to cram too many things into one movie and i think that's part of why the development kind of stuff feels like it didn't there wasn't any because they're just trying to like get a lot of like you know stuff in there and a lot of easter eggs and things like that and it's just kind of like you know it was it was an action-packed marvel uh origin story but i You know, it was not, you know, it didn't go any further than that. Talking about where we go from here, because, you know, we have that after credit scene or mid credit scene, I guess I should say, where we have Carol showing up, um, you know, with the Avengers. Um, What do you want to see from Carol? uh, Not only in. Uh, the next Avengers movie, but there's definitely going to be a Captain Marvel too because this movie is already smashing records, um, or not smashing records, but um, it's the second highest rated or second most grossing Marvel movie. So it's definitely going to make one, far more than enough money to get a sequel. Um, what would you like to see from Carol moving forward? So um, Angie, let's start with you.
1: Oh God, uh, maybe just give her something to do, like that actually involves some like dilemmas I guess I this is the problem we get these weird flashbacks about how she has to pick herself up that factor in at the end of the movie but I mean they're not I don't know maybe it's just the fact that I am a woman but none of those flashbacks were anything new to me like they're not they weren't unique in any way shape or form and I don't think I mean I think that was the shallowest of motivations like stand up and fight and do it again and do it again i don't i I felt like she immediately mastered her powers once she finally got access to them even though she should have no idea how to use them at their full strength like i don't know just something where maybe she'd have to question herself or anybody else like you know she finds out that the kree lied to her so the scrolls are automatically the good guys like why does that have to be the case it's a war they could both be bad I don't. I don't know. Just any sort of like, actual moral quandary would be great.
2: Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, she brought up that she would have liked Jan Rog to have had a little more depth because you know, having the idea of like that, you know, if they if they had changed how she got her powers and it wasn't so cut and dried, that he might have actually like cared about her as a comrade or whatever and 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 you never get that from the movie he's just very much a one note you know kind of villain in the movie and i think that that it would have been nice to have had a little more nuance from him also um just so that there might have been some real conflict of i don't want to fight this person because he's my friend but because of the way they set things up that wasn't you know part of it at all will what about you what would you like to see from carol
3: going forward i think where the the challenge will be is that the way they ended up with her at the end of this movie she is very powerful um so you almost have like a like the superman dilemma is how do you create conflict with a character that can pretty much do anything you know how do you how do you have a a dramatic arc for a character you know that 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 can can deal with pretty much any situation you throw at them um but i mean the reality of what they set up is that the kree scroll war is still going on you know what we saw was just a small faction of scrolls that were that were looking out for their family and but we we don't know the entire conflict and she's out there trying to help so i mean i'd like to see i mean they've got a good opportunity here i think to to really get into some good moral morally gray areas as it pertains to war, you know, and put her in the middle of it, um, you know, kind of like, you know, the reboot of of Battlestar Galactica did, you know, put her in these situations where, you know, she has to question what is truly the right thing to do. You know, it's not all about what she can powerfully shoot her way or fly her way out of, you know, uh, and give her more drama, you know, to deal with. And give her, you know, more of an arc than than what she had in the first movie. Um, You know, because it's, it's, you know, fair to say that her character arc in the first movie, well, in the one we just saw, it's not like there's been more than one. uh, Mm -hmm. Her character arc could be better because she started out tough as nails warrior. She ended up as a tough as nails warrior. The only difference was she was a self-aware tough as nails warrior by the end of it. Um, So it'd be interesting to see where they go from there. Um, And, you know, we got... 24 years, you know, 20, 25 years to, to play around with before she catches up to modern day. So, I mean, I, I don't know if they go, if they put her in the middle of some good conflict between the Korean scroll, I think they can really flesh out both of those races more, um, you know, cause I can definitely see where the Cree could have been a, a, a better portrayed on screen. Uh, I mean, they serve the story that we saw, but they were a bit, they could be a bit more charismatic. They were a, a little um, stoic, you know, a little more, a little, uh, they could have been a little more, a little less one note kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, they've got some room to flesh these characters out, which I'd like to see. So, but as far as where they go, like in end game, I don't even want to hazard a guess. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I mean, <laughs> come on with it. I'm, I'm fully on board. But yeah, I mean, and, and if you compare like to first installments of other franchises in the MCU, I mean, the first Captain America was definitely not the best Captain America movie. Uh, the first Thor definitely wasn't the best Thor movie, in my opinion. So, I mean, they they they've definitely got some some room to expand, you know, on the world they've created. And, uh, you know, I hope they, uh, they do that.
2: All right. Um, Stephanie, um, what would you like to see from Captain Marvel going forward?
0: Um, I pretty much agree with what the others have said so far um, that a little bit more depth and conflict to Carol would help really um, really establish her as a fully developed character and not just this OP uh, hero that's going to come save the day in Endgame Um, and give a little bit more of a uh, a insight into her actual mentality as opposed to what I said at the very beginning where she was just like, you know what? Screw all you guys. I'm going to do this because I can. Um, that is a, I, I disagree with Angie in the fact that I think that is still a a good message to send that I'm going to do this just because I can. And I know I can. Um I, I don't think that's really all that flat of an idea, but I think that it's a starting point that just stayed at a starting point. Um, it never really launched her off anywhere different than what we really had at the beginning of the movie.
2: Yeah, I I, I personally feel that might is right is, is a slippery slope to introduce for a character. And that would be interesting if they deal with that. I mean, that's what Civil War was uh, supposed to kind of be about um i think it kind of lost its message there on that but you know the idea of you know just because i have the power i can do you know what i think is right is great as long as you're making good decision um but uh but yeah i think that's the that's the reason why that might not be the best thing to (laughs) to have as messaging
0: i mean they can still build upon it though
2: Sure, sure. No, no, and I and I agree. And that is the thing. I mean, I get that it's an origin movie, and I get that you have to devote time to explaining to people who Carol is, you know, and and, and all that kind of stuff and putting all the details in there. So um, I get that they had that issue. But um, as, as I think several people have said on this already, I feel like Wonder Woman had to deal with those same kinds of issues but was able to do it in a way that the story was more exciting and more interesting. Um, so there's a way of doing that as well. But definitely they can build on what they've done here.
0: But this was definitely an origin movie that was necessary. Um, I think... Marvel has been really good in how they're presenting their origin stories, too. And I'm very glad that Homecoming was just, a, you know what, guys? We know you already know Spider-Man. So here, he's just already here. Um, so I, I think that this did have to be an origin for her. Because it's not like Spider-Man, where everybody, even people who don't enjoy Spider-Man, <clears throat> myself, um, <laughs> found it to be easy to pick up and what a surprise it was finally a spider-man i actually enjoyed um and uh so it was definitely an origin that was necessary and it just could have really had a little bit more of that moral conflict within the character herself but i do think that it could still be a launching pad for further development that maybe after we have a second one, or maybe even after we see what she does in Endgame, we reflect back on the first movie, and there is actually a little bit of growth uh, that is presented just from there.
2: Joe, what about you? Any other thoughts about things that you'd like to see uh, with Carol moving forward?
4: Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely down for some growth. I don't necessarily have as much of a problem with the lack of growth in the first movie quite so much because I feel like part part of it was the movie was people telling her do things on my terms and her being like, I don't need to do that. Like that, the scene where she, where he's like, all right, fine, let's do this, you know, hand to hand, uh, you know, without your powers and stuff. Calling back to that, those opening scenes where he's training her and then her being like, no, I don't have to do this on your terms. I don't owe you that you're, you know, I kind of like that I thing of I'm you know I'm me, and I don't have to do things your way just because you tell me to so I guess it
0: also did take place over the span
4: of what forty eight hours yeah,
2: yeah, it was pretty quick yep but
4: yeah I would I would be down for seeing some more because there are hints at sort of morally ambiguous stuff of you know the scrolls being bad guys or good guys and you don't know and I still don't feel like they are fully good guys. And, and there's also, you know, him being like, I've killed people, you know, in this. And it's it's this war has made us all do bad things. And I really like that scene where he's uh, he tells I think it was his wife. I don't remember to cover his kid's eyes while he's, you know, killing people. And I would like to see maybe some more of more of that. Uh, I, I agree. I like to see more of like exploring the the war and the sort of you know moral ambiguity of all that. So I'm down for that.
2: I, I will say, as a disclaimer, I also find Superman very boring, and I think that that's always the problem you run into because when you present a character as being like you know, totally good and also totally powerful, you know, supremely powerful, you you run into all sorts of storytelling problems because, you know, the thing that makes Captain America interesting is that even though he also has that sort of moral goodness, he at least power wasn't always able to affect the change that he wants to affect. So at least there you get some conflict that way that he's, you know, he's not necessarily powerful enough to get things done by himself. And so, um, so that's, that's one of the things that I struggle with, with characters like this. So, um, I definitely want to see a villain that is within her power class. I mean, I, I jokingly mention Galactus for the next movie, but I mean, yeah, let's, let's you know, it, the Fox merger will have gone through by then. So let's throw Galactus at her or something, we, you know, a threat that's more powerful than she is, you know, have have her really have to work for something, have her in peril, you know, so that, you know she has to, you know, do things, you know, think about problems differently or whatever, just some sort of a struggle in the story. Um, I would definitely like for her to stay off earth, um, because I would like, uh, more development of the cosmic side of the Marvel universe. Um, you know, we got a little bit of that, you know, and cause mostly it's been guardians and we've gotten a little bit in Ragnarok and, um, and, uh, infinity war, but, um, you know, I would like a more serious take on some of the cosmic stuff than we've gotten mostly, uh, and if anywhere did a little bit more of that, but I'd like another, you know, we, we've got sort of the silly cosmic side with Guardians and, and Ragnarok. I would like more of a serious take on, you know, the, the space stuff and cosmic stuff in the Marvel Universe and having Carol be sort of the, the central figure around that uh, would be good. And it would also be, uh, Carol might be someone that they could use to springboard other characters like the Silver Surfer that they might then spin into their own movie series or stuff like that, or um, even develop a Star Jammers movie or something along those lines. So who knows? I mean, maybe that'll be the next thing after Guardians um, that they might start doing Star Jammers movies. Um, but um, So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential there um, with the character. Um, I definitely think, and, and, and you know, like other people have said, whether you like First Avenger or not, the other Captain America movies are way better. So, you know, people keep comparing this to Captain America. I think that, you know, Captain Marvel 2 and 3 have the potential to be way better than this one. So um, I think that there are, you know, lots of good things um, ahead for, for Carol in the Marvel Universe. And I am very interested to see her in Endgame because while I don't know what's going to happen in the movie, I have a very strong suspicion that there is going to be a slugfest between her and Thanos.
0: That'll be fun.
2: I <laughs> I think it's gonna happen, guys. So that yeah, because I mean, Thanos owned the Hulk. You know, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even funny. So it'll be fun to see her, you know, going toe to toe with Thanos. Um,
0: and hopefully they just play by chess. the chess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you to a life and game, <laughs> death game of chess. I don't play chess. How about checkers? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man.
0: And hopefully by the time we get to Captain Marvel 2 and 3, we uh, all, all of our rabid uh, trolley guys have calmed down. And... Well,
2: yeah, I kind of didn't want to talk about them in this because their opinions aren't valid.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, no, they aren't at all. That's why I'm saying I just hope they've calmed down by then and they've accepted the fact that they're wrong and we can all enjoy it without people being trolley guys in the background.
2: Yeah, when you're leaving reviews before you've even seen the movie, your opinion is invalid. I mean, it's, it's that easy. Um, the guy who sold the movie ticket to
4: me was like, yeah, I was excited about it until it got all that identity politics in it. And I was like, I'm sorry, your masculinity is too fragile for this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, um, since we're getting a little bit long here, I would like to actually end an episode about on time. Um, uh, but I also want to make sure that we've covered things that everybody wants to talk about. So, um, and I realized that we only talked really about the main cast members, so if there's anyone else that you thought put in a standout performance or anything like that, or just anything else you want to talk about the movie, mention it here, so um will let's start with you anything more about captain marvel that you want to talk about
3: i think we pretty much covered it besides um ben mendelson was fantastic i thought in his role um he's i mean in my in my areas of interest he's only recently popped up in various stuff i've seen but everything i've seen him in has been great in it. And uh, to this movie was no exception. I thought he was great. Yeah. I, I did not
2: recognize him, although I knew the character had been replaced, I did not recognize him as the Skrull, as the same actor as Fury's boss. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. completely different portrayals. And uh, and so, yeah, I think he did a pretty good job there. Angie, uh, anything more about Captain Marvel that you wanted to mention?
1: Uh- yeah, I mean, I've been kind of down on it, I think, during this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed watching it. I had a great time. The humor was great. I, it was it was beautiful. The color choices were great. Uh, I you know, smiled at the soundtrack. There were a lot of there were a lot of great things going for this movie. And I think my I, it might be that I'm disappointed that with the caliber of actors that we had with the caliber of the production that there just wasn't more there. I mean, Annette Bening was great. I, I, everybody acted it wonderfully, impeccably. Um, but I just wish they had more to do. Um, but even special shout-out, like, I I loved... Uh, what was her name? Minerva? <laughs> the like, bitch sniper. She was lovely. Um, <laughs> it, it, just even everybody had... Everyone had such clearly defined, wonderfully defined personalities. And it was, it was really, really nice to watch them interact. Like, I felt um you know Carol's friendship with uh, Maria uh, I I don't know that the movie did that friendship any real justice because it just kind of glossed it over um so overall like I'm I'm optimistic about future installments I just wish I I hope that somebody steps in who has you know bigger bigger ideals for Carol
2: oh. Yeah that that 90 soundtrack you really enjoyed right
1: I smiled <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um joe what about you anything more about captain marvel you wanted to mention
1: uh yeah I, I agree about
4: the 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 supporting cast was pretty great all around even if even if they didn't get a lot to do they did well with what they had um annette benning and uh the uh i don't know the name of the person who played her friend uh lashana lynch i am on wikipedia i thought she did a real good job even though yeah she didn't really have a whole lot to do the the girl was great monica um, I also love the soundtrack. I sing along a lot. Um,
2: <laughs> I don't think people in movie theaters appreciate that.
4: <laughs> I did it like I, I lip synced along is what I mean.
2: Oh, uh, okay.
4: Uh, I didn't vocal. I didn't project my vocals because <laughs> they're terrible. Um, I do kind of wish they, they had left her suit on that like neon, Bright color thing, and they're like, No,
2: not this one. And I was like, What? That's the
4: best one!
2: <laughs> well, it looks like she came out of Tron.
4: Yes! <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and the, the only other thing I'll say is uh, Lee Pace. Lee Pace's face. I'm always a fan. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah, a friend of mine pointed out that Annette Benning plays three different characters, really, because she plays, you know, Dr. Wendy Lawson. When she plays Marvell and, and and while those are, you know, theoretically the same person, it's a it's a performance that she is putting on in character as Marvell, pretending to be Wendy Lawson. And then there's she's playing the Supreme Intelligence also, so there's you know there, there's a lot going on there, so and she made sure to make those all distinct. So
4: Yeah, know. I think that was another good part is um that would be kind of interested to see since Captain Marvel is so powerful. Uh, just do some more like mind-bendy, trippy things. Sort of more mental than uh, physical. I'd be down for that.
2: And Stephanie, anything uh, you want to mention about the movie that we haven't talked about yet? I
0: absolutely love No Doubt's Just a Girl Playing During a Fight. <laughs>
2: yes! <Yeah. laughs> that one made me smile.
0: That one was definitely a a, a good... Uh, placement of a song from the 90s in particular and it was also a song that as a young child I rocked out to a lot myself. Um, I found it very hard not to start singing along with it because yeah, it, it's one of the few no doubt songs that has always really stayed with me um, and plus it was a, a good scene too um, but overall um, I, I did really enjoy it. I know earlier I was kind of Comparing it to Wonder Woman and Nathan, you came back with something that I didn't entirely rebut. How I, I do agree that the big fuss is because it took Marvel this long to finally do it. My, my gripe on that was just that there's a lot of people who seem to just be completely ignoring the existence of the one good DC movie we've had. <laughs>
2: Hey, Aquaman wasn't bad.
0: <laughs> I still need to see Aquaman. Okay. So I've heard that that one actually was good too. So, okay, maybe one of two good movies that DC has had. <laughs> I,
2: I, I think Wonder Woman is better, but I, I, I so, like Aquaman. So
0: that was really more so my point, that it's just it's hugely important that Marvel finally did this. And I am kind of disappointed that it took them this long to finally do it. But overall, I think they did it right. And they set us up to have definitely, um, a great time going forward with the character, whether they continue placing it in the past or they move it up to the future. I hadn't even thought of the idea of using her as a tie in for the Celestials. Nathan, I think that's a brilliant idea. And now that's what I kind of want. Um, I have a hunch they'll probably bring her back to Earth, but it'd be awesome if they, they do throw her out in the universe. Um, but also, since we did mention the various incarnations of Captain Marvel and Monica was brought up, I did read a couple of interesting fan theories that that was actually kind of an intentional setup to have Monica become a... Uh, a, a new hero that will develop sometime in between this movie and the next phase we're going into with her aspirations to be like Auntie Carol. Um.
2: Yeah, actually, now that you're saying that, now that I, you know, for whatever reason, it, see, I, when I was in the theater, I completely, I, the Rambo, the Rambo name hit me instantly, but I couldn't remember what her first name was. So I kept thinking Maria was supposed to be the other Captain Marvel. But now that you're saying it was Monica, now I figured it out. It's 25 years later when Carol comes back. Yeah. So so she would be an adult when Carol comes back. So yeah, I think you're right. They're setting her up that she's going to be either Photon or Spectrum or whatever they're going to call her, you know, uh, set her up as a new hero.
0: So I think that would be a really great tie-in to bring another uh, another character in that we've already actually kind of been introduced and therefore we kind of already saw her, in, uh, her origin. Um, in that she just really looks up to her auntie Carol, and um, I'm sure there's going to end up being more with that if they do uh, decide to go further into it than just having it a uh, a name as a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge to the fans. Hmm.
4: Do you think they'll CGI age her up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure in that case they're no, just I think get they'll get recast. another actress. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man, that would be funny to have a child actress and then just CGI her as an adult.
0: <laughs> that would be something else.
2: I think I've said everything uh, that I had to say about the movie. Um, I, I don't know that I conveyed enough how much I love seeing Coulson because, you know, he's dead now. Spoilers, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is he really? Or Are is sure he's he? not just
0: in Tahiti again? Nobody. Oh, did you
2: not know? <laughs> um, theoretically, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> It's never final in, in comics or comic adapted <laughs> properties, so um.
3: I mean, just remember, only Uncle Ben stays dead. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know what's funny, will? When I was younger, that used to be three people we said, and now we can only say it about Uncle Ben, because when I was a kid, we used to say, there are three people who always be dead in comics. Bucky. <laughs> Uncle Ben and Norman wow, Osborn. Wow. And two of those three have come back.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: Because <laughs> it had been so long, you know, Norman had been dead like 20-something years, so nobody thought he was ever right. coming back. And then, and then be... Be... And Bucky is. had been dead like 50 years. Then it became
3: Bucky and Ben, <laughs> and now Ben stands alone. That's right. <laughs> right.
2: So, uh, so yeah, I, I expect an announcement any day now that Marvel is bringing Uncle Ben back. Um, so he's a scroll <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: uh, they've done worse um but uh, yeah so <laughs> I did really enjoy seeing Colson again and yeah uh yeah I and I feel bad because I feel like I'm finally getting that superhero fatigue people are talking about, but maybe not. Maybe this really like the was saying, maybe this really was just a just a, a fluff movie because I just I just didn't get all that excited because I felt like there was no danger um, and there was no development. so I just kind of was just like it was well done. I won't say it's a bad movie, I just was not excited.
0: And I forgot who mentioned it earlier, but it really doesn't help any that we do have Endgame coming out in a month.
2: Yeah. Well, it also suffers from being a prequel. I mean, I will say that, because I always have a hard time with prequels, too, because it's like, I know that Carol is going to be back, you know, I know Fury doesn't die, I know he loses an eye, and I'm pretty sure this is going to happen in the movie, and it did. You know, Coulson's not going to die. You know, like, all these things where it's just kind of like, the people I care about I know are not in danger, so it's hard to get invested, you know, get me invested in the, you know, in what's going to happen, so...
0: Especially when it uses so many characters that you know are in future
1: things. Right. And they had like the scrolls. How cool would it have been if they'd killed somebody main and replaced them with the scroll and the implication was they'd been a scroll for 25 years? That would have been awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people thought that's what was going to happen because, uh, you know, there, there was a storyline called Secret Invasion that was like that um, where they found out that several characters had been scrolls uh you know for years and stuff like that so um but yeah yeah i mean it didn't it didn't go any of those places and it was very straightforward and it's awful to say but since this is like the seventh MCU origin movie i don't know if that's an exact number but i didn't count but it's like the seventh MCU origin movie it's kind of like i feel like i want something more from the origin movies now
4: and i know we we keep comparing it to wonder woman but I don't think this movie will knock uh, my favorite female-led comic book movie out of number one spot, which is Tank Girl. That's amazing. (laughs) Glory (laughs) for
2: Yes. (laughs) On that note, (laughs) let's say goodbye and let people know where they can find us online. So, um, Joe, why don't we start with you?
4: Okay, Uh, I do a podcast on the ESO Network uh, with my wife called the Watchathon of Rassilon, uh, where we're watching through all of classic Doctor Who. Uh, We're currently in the fourth Doctor, unless this goes up two years later, then I don't know where we are.
0: Uh... I'm sorry, Nathan. I didn't mean to make everyone teasing you.
2: I'm working on yours, Joe, you know that. But
4: he's not working on mine, so... (laughs) But nathan, Nathan's nathan been on a handful of episodes, and we're always glad to have him. And you can find that at com. And I also do videos and stuff. Uh, I've got a new one that's going to be playing at the Chattanooga Film Festival soon. And uh, it'll eventually be up on MintyPineapple.com. So
2: that's where all I'm at. All right. And Stephanie, why don't you uh, say goodbye, let people know where they can find you, and give me a roasting if you feel like it.
0: <laughs> all right. Well... Depending on when my other ones go live, who knows what order it will show of me being where on social media, because I go through these spurts of, uh, of being active on one and not another, and then moving to another, and then going back to the first, so whatever. Uh, a week and a half ago, on the Star Trek movies for the original series cast, so just when these go live, people know how much time has passed... <laughs> Um, nice.
2: <laughs> it's like leaving the string in the labyrinth.
0: I am. <laughs> I can't remember when things get recorded. So this one has a, a actual time marker on it for me, so
2: And and so uh just like the MCU, it's all connected.
0: Exactly. Somehow my my podcasts with you are all connected in ways other than just me being on them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting way off here. Anyway, right now, I'm more of a a Twitter person, so you can find me at Elkreia, A-L-K-R-E-A. It's where you'll find me either ranting about writing or stuff about Sailor Moon. Um, If you go in there expecting that type of stuff, that's more than likely what you're going to get. There's some random retweets of other crap in there, too. But if you want to follow my uh, aspiring author journeys or just me rambling about my big passion of the anime that is Sailor Moon, that's where you can find me.
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> ironically... Um... I have something combining both of the last two people's uh, you know, interests in that I have a great Sailor Moon Doctor Who crossover fanfic outline that I need to write one day. But
0: uh, I think we've discussed that one before.
2: Yes, we have. We have. But, uh, um, Will, why don't you say goodbye and let people know if they can find you online. <laughs> right.
3: Uh, <laughs> so, good night, internets. And I am fairly active on facebook i have an account with twitter and instagram and i am not really active there um because i get annoyed with social media from time to time so i don't devote as much time to it as i probably could uh but you can find me on facebook and on occasional uh, episodes of the Forty Two Cast, and depending on when this drops, you can either see me in six months or five months at Dragon Con, or last, no, last year, year or 3 years ago at Dragon Con. So, or upcoming at Dragon Con twenty twenty, or last year's twenty twenty three Dragon Con. So, choose your own adventure, and I'll see you there with eighty thousand of my closest friends. <laughs>
2: And Angie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know if they can find you online?
1: Uh, yeah, my social media presence is as anemic as ever, so uh, I will just say goodnight. And I guess uh, we're in the end game now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was perfect. Um, that was. <laughs> So is, 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 are you no longer a 42 cast exclusive?
1: I haven't been on any other podcasts. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't
2: mention it. So now I was starting to, I was starting to panic a little bit. (laughs) All right. Uh, Angie, Stephanie, uh, Joe and Will, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having
4: me. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
2: And that's a wrap on Captain Marvel. Did you like what you heard? Did you not like what you heard? You can let us know in a whole bunch of ways. The best way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com, but another way would be to go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 42cast or to tweet to us at. at. 42cast, or you can go to our website at 42cast.com and leave a comment on any of the episodes that you see there. You can also check out timestreams at 42cast.com. When you go to the homepage, you'll see on the right that you can click for different categories. For some reason, the timestreams posts don't show up as default. I haven't figured out why, but if you click the time streams link to the right, you will see all of the timestreams posts. So that's me and my friend Juliet. We're watching through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. So you can listen to that, give that a try. But yeah, and if you click the Time Streams link on the top on the menu bar there, uh, that just takes you to sort of like a mission statement slash homepage. It's sort of like the about page for Time Streams. So don't get confused with that. But anyway, uh, another way you can leave messages for the 42Cast is to give us a review. Yeah, you can do that on Stitcher Radio. You can do that on iTunes or Apple Podcasts as well. The more that you give us reviews, the better promoted the show is so i greatly appreciate it if you do so it would both help to inform me how we're doing as well as help the show out so you know yay The other thing is remember that there is a Patreon for the ESO Network. You can find that at patreon.com slash ESO Network. What that does is it helps all the shows on the network. So if you have a little bit of money that you can devote to that purpose, you'd like to help keep all the shows going. It does give you access to some exclusive benefits, some exclusive episodes. But the main thing, of course, is to help us out. So feel free to check that out and uh, give something if you can. So in other news, I just found out that Dragon Con, even though it's not canceling, it is allowing people now to roll over their memberships to the following year, so I'm going to do that. It actually works out a little bit in my favor, since even if there hadn't been the coronavirus, it was looking like we wouldn't be able to afford it, and so we'll just have to see how things are next year, but at least it lets me kick the can on that, and uh, I do wish I you know, you buy the memberships early to get the cheaper price, but that's before you really know if you'll be able to go or not, and so I kind of hedged my bets there, and uh, I'm going to be out of a lot of money if I don't go, but at the same time, being able to roll over to next year, lets me sort of kick the can there, so I don't know who's going to Dragon Con under these conditions. I don't think it would be a wise move, and I'm still confused why they're still insisting that they're having the con, other than it probably has something to do with the fact that the state of Georgia hasn't declared it to be an emergency and it's opened everything else there's probably some sort of contractual obligation there where dragon con would be devastated financially if they broke the con because there's no extenuating circumstances as far as the state is concerned uh so there's probably so no legal basis to cancel it so without breaking contracts so yeah uh we'll have to just keep an eye on that situation to see what's going on so anyway join us back next week when Hikaru Mordorikawa will not be joining us and until then this is Nathan signing off And now for some outtakes. Oh, oh, I just realized what I should have asked. Do you guys want to see them introduce Rogue into the MCU and steal her powers? Yes.
0: I mean, I know it happened,
1: so...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because that might actually give her an interesting arc, give Carol an interesting arc, too, of not having powers.
1: Well, I'm wondering if she gets depowered in Endgame because her power is drawn from the Tesseract, which is in Thanos' possession. That would be a nice... I I, I don't know that I'm down with her just, like, going brawling with him and being the only one who
3: can. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean... Although if Rogue Rogue absorbs her powers now, that could be interesting, because her power set now is a lot different than it was in the comics. No, that's true. Yeah, I, I... Well,
2: you know, the thing is, they've always been good in the Avengers movies because they've always had a huge power disparity between Thor at the top and someone like Hawkeye at the bottom. You know, so they've always done a good job of, like, figuring out things for everybody to do that make sense with their abilities. So even if she's the only one that can actually, like, fight Thanos hand-to-hand, I'm sure whatever conflict is there, they will figure out something for everybody else to do so that, you know, they're not just twiddling their thumbs while she's, you know, (laughs) fighting Thanos.
0: Even if it's just her holding him off while they are doing some sneaky plan to do
2: whatever. While they're trying to grab the gauntlet off, thanks, Peter, Quill. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized (laughs) there's two Peters there, but (laughs) Star Lord. Well, we knew who you meant. Screwing up everything.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So Mm. many Chris's.
2: Yep. Yeah. The MCU is the Chrisverse.